everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative You Healing. Welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Sharon Sammy. Sharon has 20 years in the corporate banking world and spent most of her spare time over the last 15 years on her own personal development and growth. Sharon shines the light wherever she goes, a serial manifester, best-selling author, an empowerment coach, and intuitive healer. Sharon truly believes nothing is impossible and anything is possible. So welcome, Sharon. Thank you, Larissa, for welcoming me on the show. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. So can you share some of your story and your path that's brought you here? Definitely. I'm just wondering, where do I start? Oh, my gosh. So as you mentioned, I've been in the corporate world for 20 years and 15 years of that was part of my own personal development. So all of my spare time each and every night, I was there spending so much time on my personal development. But my story typically started when I was about six years old and I'll talk you through this example of what happened in my life to start my whole journey going through to where we are today. So when I was six years old my mom had a magazine and I was flicking through the magazine and I came across this competition, children's competition, and it was to paint a picture um, to win obviously a prize. So I painted the picture with so much like you know passion and joy and happiness And then two weeks later, we got a letter and I'd actually won the whole competition. So I won four tickets to a theme park in the UK, which was absolutely fantastic. It was like so joyful and so magical. And at that young age of being six, it really opened my eyes. And then later that year, I then entered another competition, which is which was part of like cartoon characters going to their annual birthday party. And again, a few weeks later, I got notification that I'd won. And at the age of six years old, I was so like, it was just magical, the whole experience. And it really got me thinking that, wow, if you want something, you can achieve it. You can really get it. And then that kind of continued for years going forward. And then it kind of ingrained within me that anything is possible. So from an early age, it actually formed deep in my, you know, subconscious, some subconscious mind, you know, those new neuro pathways that if you want something in life, you can achieve it. And so I didn't really have any of those limitations to start with. And that's really, I feel, that has taken me through my strong journey within life. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so interesting you say that because your belief system right from the get go, and some people have that and they may not even recognize it. They have that belief yeah. system where right from the get go, of course I can, of course I can. Um, others struggle a bit more with that because, you know, they haven't yeah. experienced that as much. 
So that that's harder. So I know this yeah. is not a question I, I, I pre-sent you, but I just want to know. So if you're working with people who want to, to manifest in that fashion and they don't have that predisposition to believing, uh, what is one thing they can do? Okay. One thing that they can do, first of all, is because it's all about their inner self-belief and also ultimately their inner self-confidence. So first of all, it's understanding where their mindset is in that moment. So it's like, why do you feel you can't achieve the perfect relationship or, you know, attract your most compatible soulmate? Why do you feel you can't get that pay rise? You can't go for that promotion. You know, you can't start that business. And whatever it is that's going on in their life, it's first of all, looking at where they are, first of all, and what's their mindset and what's their thinking behind it. Because a lot of the time they come across, you know, these limitations, which we probably hear, you know, so many times when we work with clients, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And it's all to do with that inner confidence and that inner self-belief. So it's understanding, first of all, what's the story behind it? Why do they feel that they can't, you know, they're not good enough or they can't achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve in life? So first of all, it's looking at that. And it's also what I say with self-belief, it's also teamed up with self-love because it's having that self-love for yourself as well. So a first question that I ask a lot of, of my clients is, where do you love yourself on a scale of one to 10? 10 being the highest. And for me, that's like a starting ground. Because our thoughts are so powerful and like attracts like. So depending upon where they are in that scale, that's going to ultimately affect their self-belief, their self-worth, and then obviously the things that they attract towards them. So it's like having that foundation, first of all, and that understanding of where that person is from day one, first of all. And then it's obviously going through that journey to help them to reach that greatness, to help them reach that stage where I do believe anything is possible. I love that because it's so true. And as someone who's been on that journey, right, not having, you know, coming from a difficult background and things like that, um, yeah. I've been on that journey, but you just make it sound, I think, maybe a little bit easier than it is, but I'm sure you work with people to get through those steps as well. So yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, a lot of the time, I mean, my clients come to me and there's so much, much history so, for example, you know, oh, I don't believe I'm worthy enough. Everybody else can do it, but I can't. And then when we do the inner work, sometimes it can come from like a childhood belief. And I know that my with my story, my childhood beliefs, like I've mentioned to you, I've got this strong foundation behind me. But a lot of the time, more commonly, you know, I experience clients where we go through the childhood and we do the inner child work. And it could have come from, it could have formed from when they were at school and, you know, they could have painted a picture and their teacher said to them, oh, you've done that wrong. That's not what I asked you to do. It's the wrong color or it's the wrong shape or it's the wrong size. And deep in that moment, that child, click of a beat, they've made that decision that, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough to do this work. Everybody else in the class is so much better than me. I've done this wrong. I can't, I can't do things right. And that's sometimes when in that moment, in that time as a childhood, in their childhood, they then formulate that belief. And then going forward in their life, um, you know, it's, it's a recurring pattern. Oh, I'm not good enough. Retaining where has that ultimately come from? 
And so it's doing the work to then realize, well, actually, it's come from the memory of when they were a child, you know, from their teacher. And it doesn't necessarily have to be teachers. It could have been parents. It could have been siblings, society, the community, friends. Yeah. So there's a lot of work that can be done, but also in doing the work. and, And you've probably experienced this as well with your clients. Real transformation can take place. It can that's absolutely true because when we do a lot of that as well, we have to go backwards to go forwards, right? So we, we start yeah. to look at what's happened and what stories we tell ourselves and why we tell those stories to ourselves. So I think that's, that's really important. Um, and totally. that could be a whole conversation unto itself. So we'll move on, but I just, I just wanted to stop you there because I was just like, yeah, that's really important information for. Um, so what does healing with creativity mean to you? Okay. Healing, I would say, is such a deep source, like it's get it's getting to the root causes, like I've just I've just mentioned in that previous um, example, getting to the re- root causes of, you know, why is it that you have that belief system right now? Or why is it that you have that particular dis-ease, which is like an illness, which which, to be honest, on the physical human body, it's come from somewhere, which a lot of the time it's come from the emotional side. And then it's looking deeper at the emotions, looking deeper at the thoughts and the beliefs and going back even to childhood, maybe even past lives through the DNA ancestral chain or even the soul path itself. But then linking the creativity, that's when we're really opening up beyond like the limitations of our mind. So it's going to like such a deeper level with, you know, realizing our thoughts and our limiting beliefs and then With myself in particular on the creativity side, because I'm a natural psychic medium, I tend to use my psychic abilities as well as, um, you know, to harness the creativity to then bring that together with the healing. So it's really so, so powerful and, you know, so transformational at the same time. What inspires you in the work you do? Okay, there's so much that really inspires me, but ultimately it's about connecting people. And I work with a lot of women. It's connecting them to their ultimate dreams and really just to serve them at such a high level. And what I really feel is because on my journey throughout life and, you know, all of the personal development that I've done over the last 15 years, I just feel I need to share that with the world and that really really inspires me because from such a young age especially within my social circle a lot of friends used to say to me that they used to think when they couldn't speak to me directly they used to think to themselves what would Sharon do in this particular situation and I used to hear that such you know very so often when I was, you know, a lot younger in my school and university days. And I didn't quite understand, you know, why are they, you know, why are they thinking this about me? But then I then realized it's because if you've got a passion to do something in life, if you really got this strong desire, you know, to go for that dream job, to meet somebody, you know, your most compatible soulmate, to earn whatever it is on the financial front, you know, to look at your health, to look at your wealth, to look at abundance in all shapes and forms, then you can do it. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the 
inspiration then is really just to serve people and just to bring out that greatness within them because anything is possible. And I know I keep saying that, but I really strongly believe that anything is possible. And I just love to just share that message. That, you know, people understand that really anything is possible. And then people go to the extremes with, well, I can't go to Mars. You don't know that, but you know, anything in life is possible. And if you're open to it, you can absolutely do it. People do it every day. People do amazing things that people said couldn't be done. That's how we have new inventions. That's how we have people set new records. That's how, you know, life changes is because people do things that other people said couldn't be done. Exactly, exactly. Definitely. I strongly, strongly believe that because I just think, I mean, when you look back in history and, you know, all of these amazing creations, even like from electricity to the light bulb, to the train, to aeroplanes, to cars, everything that's been created, it's been created by humans, you know, and it's the power of our mind and our belief systems to know that, you know, what's possible, you know. And I also believe as well, it's like if you want to do something with a passion and you've got a strong and burning desire, the first thing ultimately that's really going to get you out of bed each and every day is to know what your ultimate purpose is. Why is it that you want that dream relationship? Why is it that you want the pay rise? What is the money going to give you? Because it's not just about the financial freedom, which a lot of my clients tend to say to me. But then when I drill down and I say, well, what's the money going to give you? You know, what's the freedom going to give you? Is it going to be, you know, spending more time with your family, spending more time with your children? And that's the most important thing. And that's really what I find that drives me in particular, but a lot of my clients as well, to reaching the end goal, because you've got to know what your purpose is in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this ties directly then into my question about monetizing healing and creativity, because this is one that people stumble with a lot, feeling either they shouldn't, you know, be charging or they shouldn't have to pay for healing or creative acts. So what are your thoughts on monetizing healing and and creativity? My thoughts are very strong on this very subject, and it could be because I'm from a corporate background. So I've been in, you know, the financial service sector, the banking sector for the last 20 years or so, and then obviously 15 years with my personal development. But in terms of monetizing it, I strongly believe it should be. And the reason I believe that is because when you do healing mixed in with the creativity, you're working with energy. It's, it's the life force energy, it's the universal energy, it's the collective consciousness. So if you're working on an energetic field, you should have an exchange. It's like, you know, giving and receiving. So there should be an exchange for what you're doing. So it's not just one sided because something always has a value and it has to there has to be an exchange. And sometimes it doesn't have to be financial. So it could be like one service for another coaching service, for example. But I believe that there should always be an exchange. And when you look at money and you view money, it's currency. And when you look deeper at currency, currency is an energy. So I do believe that that has to go around in a circle and a cycle. So I do feel it should be monetized. It is being monetized. And also it's based on as well an individual's experience. 
So for example, with myself and also probably like yourself as well, if you've got years of experience, you know, you've got your knowledge, you've been on courses, you've naturally developed over time, you've got that experience with working with so many clients over the years, you've got that experience compared to maybe somebody that's just starting off. So in terms of like the different pricing structures, that has to match your experience. And I have actually experienced, you know, when I when I speak to clients, first of all, and we talk about the price, I have to then talk about, well, this is why I charge what I do because of all of my experience for all of my, you know, all of the the um, the training that I've done as well. And, you know, once once that's been obviously um, said, they then understand, you know, why I charge the prices I do. So I do feel that, yes, it should definitely be monetized I love that answer okay (laughs) so what is the creative healing modality you use the most for yourself okay now this is where it gets a little bit tough because I've I've trained in quite a number of different modalities from like Reiki healing to obviously being a natural psychic medium to theta healing which is working on the subconscious to to get to the root causes of the limiting beliefs and removing and replacing using the theta brainwave, as well as then becoming a master NLP practitioner, which is neuro-linguistic programming. So looking at all of that and also hypnosis, I tend to combine a lot of it. So depending on, and I mean, we're all human. I'm human as well. Even though, you know, I'm very positive. I'm very upbeat. I do have my off days. Okay. It's the polarities of life. So I do have my bad days. (laughs) I'm homeschooling my two children as well at the moment. So that's having, you know, that has its own challenges. (laughs) So with that, I do tend to use theta healing, which is downloading the programs of like calmness, of tranquility, being in the present moment so I use a lot of that when my children come to me and they say oh mommy I've just hurt my arm or my legs hurted or my my head's hurting mommy and I've got a six-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son I will then do Reiki Reiki healing on them I also do crystal therapy Mm -hmm. so they've got their own crystals and we use crystals and we do meditation together so I do use a combination of all of these tools That's something that's really important is that people understand that it doesn't have to be one thing. I mean, there's some often one thing that we go to the most, right? Or might be our first thing that we try, but there is not just one way. Creativity is in everything we do and, and finding what works the best for us. And it could be a combination like for you, right? It could be one thing. It could be a combination. It could be steps. I do this and then I do this and, you know, It's always different, but yes. So what would you say you are the proudest of in your life? Oh, gosh. Now, this is difficult. (laughs) This is really difficult to to really pinpoint because I've got so many different proud moments. But I'm just probably going to just share a couple or a few, if that's okay. Um, In my younger days, finishing university, And I didn't know about all of this manifesting and law of attraction. It was just purely the mindset that I had from, from, you know, my childhood. And I actually won a brand new car worth 15,000 pounds in the UK. 
And it was such an amazing, incredible feeling. It was just so, so, so amazing. So the way that this happened was I'd finished university. I was meeting my parents and my siblings for a family dinner. And what happened is I drove onto the car park with a really old car. Okay, really old car. I'd got a corporate job, graduate job, fantastic salary, university degree. And I had this really old car. My brother came. He was 18 at the time. He was given his brand new car. My sister came. She was older. She was she had her brand new car. And there was my car in the car park, really old. And this is what started it off because my brother and sister ganged up on me and said, look at you. You've got a university degree, a fantastic job, earning so much money. And look at the car you're driving. And I know this is superficial and cars don't really mean anything to me. So in that moment, Larissa, I put out to the universe, please give me a brand new car. I just want to be given this brand new car, but I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not going to pay anything for this car. I just want to be given it. Thank you. And so it is. And I didn't realize the power that I was actually creating, manifesting to the universe, my order. And I didn't really realize there was a whole process of manifesting. And then what happened was, because I believe in synchronicities, I don't believe in coincidences, things get aligned through the vibrations. And then about nine months later, I'm driving my car up north in the UK and the radio station I'm listening to actually timed out it, because of the connection. And I tuned into a completely different radio station that I would never listen to. And the first words, Larissa, that I heard was to enter the competition, dial this number. So something in me just started dialing these digits. I had no idea what the competition was. I had no idea what radio station it was. It was just, there's a competition. And because I've been like conditioned from such a young age that you enter competitions, you will win these competitions. So I, I entered the competition. Within 30 seconds, I had to crack a code and I'd won. But then they said to me, you're part of 24 people to go to the car showroom on the 1st of September that year when the new registration is going to be launched and it's just a game of chance. So it's just spin the wheel, different card games. So from 24 people, I got down to 16, then eight, then four, then two, and then there was two of us. And straight away, straight away, I just knew that car is mine. And then as soon as I won the car, oh my gosh, that was the most proudest moment ever. But in saying that, I hope you don't mind me sharing this as well. It was probably one of the most precious learning experiences. And the reason I say that is, is because the car that I won was not the car I wanted. I was grateful. Don't get me wrong. I was truly grateful. It was worth 15,000 pounds, but it was bright yellow. I managed to ask the showroom, the car showroom manager to change the color to black. But it was like, it was not the car that I actually wanted. And it wasn't the car that I desired. So I literally said to my family, my parents and my brother and sister, does anybody want a car? <laughs> so I went back to driving my old car. But because I had the feeling of this new car, I knew what the smell would be like. I knew what the you know, the textures, the material, the feel of a brand new car. So for 
four or five months thereafter, I started driving my old car, but had the feeling of this new amazing car. And then literally six months later, I got my dream sports car. So my key learning was that if you put an order out to the universe, you have to be specific. You have to say, actually, I want a sports car, not just give me a car <laughs> and I don't want to pay for it. So that's one of my proudest achievements, but also one of my really fundamental learning experiences. Definitely. It's so true about being specific about what we truly want, right? And I think that's one of the things that gets muddled is because we put out to the universe that we want, you know, money. But what does that mean? And then we start thinking about all our lack of money and things like that. And we get bills and things. And it's like being specific about your wants and needs is what really uh, changes things, right? Can really make it happen. And so that's so important. Important. Yeah. And it was really crucial what you just mentioned there, which is a really, really strong point that you mentioned about when people want the financial gains and they say, I want I want to make this amount of money. But then they're focusing on the lack and it's the lack mindset because then the universe gets a bit confused and thinks, "Okay, she wants this, but actually she's doubting it. So let's give her more doubts. Let's give her more bills. Let's give her like the opposite. So it's, it's having that clarity, definitely, like you mentioned. Yeah. So if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would it be? Oh, okay. Um, I feel it's looking at society, but it's looking at that their inner beliefs of the most common one, which is I'm not good enough because The way that I I think at the moment and the way that I feel is that we're all human. We're all having this spiritual experience here with this collective consciousness. And to have that belief formulated to start with, it's obviously come from somewhere. And like we've mentioned earlier on in this this talk, it could have come from childhood. It could even be like their parents' beliefs. So it's not even their own belief system ancestral past life you know their their soul path so it's looking deeper at society and thinking well you know with each and every one of us if we want to achieve something in life you know our true greatness and whether that's to do with relationship whether it's to do with health whether it's to do with finance whether it's to do with career and business whichever avenue it is in life you can achieve it so it's actually looking at the limiting beliefs and the limitations, that limited mindset, that fear culture, and just really switching the whole fear culture. And I really feel at the moment with the whole, you know, the global situation that we're going through at the moment, this whole evolution. And there is two sides of it. We have got the fear culture, and then we've got the other side, which is, you know, of pure love, of pure essence. And it's just bringing mm-hmm. the love and submerging it over, you know, the fear. And I know that's probably such a difficult task to do, but if you were to ask me like you just have, that one thing to change in society, it would be to remove the fear culture and those limiting beliefs, definitely. Yeah, that's a a large order, but I agree with you. (laughs) Totally, it's a big ask, I know. (laughs) We're fed fear. 
Definitely. Yeah. And this whole evolution of what we're going through at the moment, it, it is making people stop and think. I mean, you know, not having to commute to work. They're, they're, it's called this official lockdown, which I don't like that whole notion of lockdown. But we kind of we're in our own spaces. And it's having that peace and that gratitude to actually go inwards because we can't go outwards. Let's go inwards and let's try and change and be the change we wish to create in the world, which is what Gandhi said. Absolutely. So you've talked a lot about, you know, your belief system and imposter syndrome is one of those things that, well, I, I don't know a woman yet who doesn't struggle with imposter syndrome. So have you had that issue? And if so, how do you work through it? Okay, I have had that issue. I have definitely had that issue. And looking back when I was in the corporate world for the last 20 years, I had my two children, and my children now are six and three. So when I went back to the corporate world after my little, little boy, after my maternity leave, I had two years of my last days in the corporate world and my whole mindset changed. So what that enabled me to do was actually join an internal organization, which was purely for women. It was like a networking organization within the banking um, organization I was working for. And then within a short space of time, I got promoted to be to actually run events within the whole corporate organization in the UK and particularly in the area where I live at the moment. And so I was actually running a lot of mindset courses like on gratitude, law of attraction, positivity, you know, um, how to work through your, your limiting beliefs, you know, to, to, to achieve the things that you want to achieve. And bearing in mind, I was in this whole corporate framework. I was in the corporate organization, the banking industry, which is very masculine energy. And I was trying to bring in the holistic feminine energy that I can actually recall the first time when I was due to go into this presentation room and I had 20 people signed up for this course. I was thinking inside myself, oh my gosh. And this is where the imposter syndrome came in so clearly and so strongly and I was thinking to myself but you're in the banking world you know you talk to you talk to clients about financial instruments and financial advice yet you're looking to present on confidence and present on mindset and your thoughts and gratitude who do you think you are do you really think you can do that you can't do that you need to go back and you you need to concentrate on your day job and this whole thing was running through my mind. And the way that I got over that was really just to go inwards and just to think to myself, well, I've got all of this knowledge and information from the last 15 years. If anybody needs it right now, it's probably these ladies that have signed up for this course. And then I just, I just felt this gratitude that I'm so grateful I have this knowledge to give to others. And it's having that inner confidence. And within that moment, it's a bit like feel the fear and do it anyway. And that's really what stimulates and drives you forward. So then when I did the first one, the feedback was so amazing because these corporate women had not been exposed to anything on the holistic healing um, creativity side. And so it really broadened and opened their mind for what else is possible. 
And then I shared with them, anything is possible. <laughs> and then that's what really drove me forward. And then I started running these on a monthly basis and then sometimes a weekly basis over that two year period. So I had a lot of experience of, you know, running corporate workshops and it was fantastic. It really was. So it kind of got over, I got over the imposter syndrome. Um, so, yeah, so that's just an example of that. Yeah, and I think that's so important that we acknowledge that we're afraid or that we maybe don't believe in ourselves, but then go, you know what? We've got 20 women in this room. We're going to do it. (laughs) So obviously they're here for a reason, right? (laughs) Totally, totally. And what was really, what really stood out for me the first time I did this or the first round of these, these workshops was that on the feedback forms, they were saying, Um, Sharon presented this topic so well that she's actually better than the trainers that we work with in the corporate organization because she knows her topic and her subject matter like she's so passionate about what she's speaking about and then I thought to myself yeah that's right because I'm living this I'm breathing this so the holistic side is definitely needed in the corporate hemisphere it totally is. And there's so many people out there that aren't aware of like the healing work, the creativity work, the mindset work and how powerful this is. So I feel that the work that we both do and also that the listeners out there that are doing to really, you know, to, to help people out there is so fundamental for change. Going back to the other question about society and changing, it comes down to the mindset and the individual. Yeah. It's so true that mindset is everything, right? And I think that's why it doesn't matter what program you're running, whether it's a healing program or a business program, like mindset has got to be a part of that because if you don't work on your mindset, you are not going anywhere, right? You're not going to heal. You're not going to have more abundance. You're not going to get that course, um, you know, sold or whatever it is that, that you want to do because mindset is so important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And do you have an inspirational quote then that you live by? Do I do. There's there's a few, but the main one is nothing is impossible. Anything is possible. And you can do anything if you put your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit, your heart into it. You can achieve greatness. So that's kind of a quote that I've made made myself. (laughs) But I live by it. I truly live by it. Like, Anything is possible to the point where my children even take it on board. And so when they're trying to push the boundaries and mommy has to say no, (laughs) as mommies sometimes do, and they turn around and they say, mommy, anything is possible. It's like, okay, (laughs) okay. So, yeah, so definitely, definitely one. Another one, if you don't mind me sharing, is such a short one it's so powerful and it's I can and I will and I use that a lot as like a daily mantra as well because I can and I will and it really just pushes me further you know to stretch myself further so that's another one that I I use daily oh I love that I love that so 
Um, I do see that you have a free gift. So uh, seven daily gratitude exercises to help uplift your mind, body, spirit, and soul. It's an ebook. So we'll put that link for everybody to, to get. But is there anything else you wanted to add that we maybe haven't discussed today? I feel that we've discussed quite a lot. Well, I feel initially it's all about, like you mentioned at the start, it's all about self-belief just really harnessing in the power of self-belief in yourself. So looking at your life at the moment, and it's not just one area of your life, it's all areas of your life collectively, holistically, and then deciding, am I truly happy living the life I'm living and doing the things I'm doing? Or could I be doing more? Am I thriving or am I just surviving? And then, you know, deciding deep down, what is your purpose in life? And then just really going forward to really achieve your ultimate greatness. And that's what I feel it comes down to, because life is so short. It's just so, so short. So it's cherishing each and every moment and each and every day. And what I say as well is one of my other mantras as well, Larissa, is make each moment count. Make each moment count. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, as someone who has gone through, you know, life traumas and um, great depressions and almost lost my life over that, it is so important to me to, to have, you know, that sort of thinking that life is short, you need to do the absolute most with it. And I, I often think too about fear because we were talking about fear earlier and fear is yeah. what holds us back. And if we can just go, what's the worst that would happen, right? Yeah. Like what's the worst that would happen if I started a business? What's the worst that would happen if I, you know, um, asked this person out instead of waiting for them to ask me, out? whatever it is. Right. Um, yeah. And it just really makes a difference in your life because we live in fear so much so much mm. in fear. And it's it's a cultural thing. We are taught to live in fear, right? Our news portrays reasons for us to be yeah. afraid all the time. You know, we have to have insurance for literally everything because it's, it's fear. It, you know, our religions are very yeah. fear-based. And so if we can step out of that, which takes work, I recognize that it takes work, but you know, the mm. two of us can help you. And <laughs> so- yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, one thing, one thing as a side note that I've stopped doing and this has been like for years and years, is I've stopped listening to the news. And I used to always listen to it years and years ago. And this is probably over the last 15 years with my personal development journey. I've stopped listening to the news because it's like you say, Larissa, it's all doom and gloom, sadness. And even to the point of the situation that we're going through at the moment globally, my mom tends to be my news reporter so I speak to my mom very often and she just gives me like snippets of information of what's going on with the vaccine what's going on with the numbers and that's all I need to hear and then when I've had enough I'll just change the subject completely to cooking (laughs) because it's my mom but it's also the other thing as well to mention is just being aware of the people that you spend the most time around because that's so important because are your other people that you're spending the time time with, are they encouraging your growth? Are they helping you? Are they wanting you to succeed in life? Or is it a case of it's the opposite? They're draining you. It's very negative. It's very doom and gloom. And it's then deciding, you know, because I, 
And this is a famous quote. I'm not too sure who said it, but you are an average of the top five people you spend the most time with. And that's so, so important. And it's especially, Larissa, when you do, when you run your mastermind groups and I run my programs as well. And when you get these, these women coming together, this collective community of women coming together and they're sharing and they're growing and they're encouraging and inspiring each other. That's where the magic is. That's where the magic is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I, I, my mind is spinning about all the things we can do together because, you know, we just had such a great conversation. So I want to thank you. Thank you. And thank you for hosting as well today. So thank you very much, Larissa. Yes. So to our listeners, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Have you seen the books that I've put out? If you don't know me, I'm Larissa Russell, the owner of Creative You. I currently have a few books available on Amazon, titles such as Gratitude, How to Live with Joy and Gratefulness, A Happier You in Five Minutes a Day, plus the international bestseller, The Power of Why. And coming later this year is Total Disaster to Total Master, Seven Steps to Your Authentic Self. Click the link below to purchase your copies now.